You're listening to The Zest from Orange Coast Magazine, the show that shines a light on the people from OC who have made their mark. Please welcome your host, Chelsea Ranieri. Joining us today, we have Jenny Castro, who is the owner of two very popular Orange County brands, Bronze Bunny and Coffee Dose the second of which I have been frequenting since it first opened in 2018. Um, thank you so much for being here, Jenny. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, like I mentioned, the I used to live across the street from your first location, and I would literally go in there every single day before work. And shout out to your manager, Candy. Like Every time I walked in, she would start making the matcha for me, and I've never experienced that or had that type of customer service before. So I've been a true fan since day one. <laughs> Candy is my diehard. I, I um, <laughs> candy is a big part of of coffee dose for sure. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, so now you have five coffee dose locations, right? Yep. And then you've franchised Bronze Bunny since you started it. So I franchised Bronze Bunny. Yeah, that's kind of how Coffee Dose was born, which I'm sure we'll get into. But oh yeah, yeah, franchising came first with Bronze Bunny and. That didn't go like I thought it was going to go. And so Coffee, Do- Coffee Dose, my little naughty brainchild was born from that. Oh, well, I'm happy it was. <laughs> so you had this, like such an incredible drive. Were you always like this like since you were a kid too? You know, um, yes. I, I feel like I was one of those really creative kids where I had to use my imagination a lot. I'm an only child. Um, mm-hmm. I don't carry all the bad only child traits. Sorry for the only <laughs> children out there. I'm not I'm not hating on you, but my husband says that I don't have any of the only child bad traits, just the good ones. Um, but I was kind of alone. Um, and I grew up, you know, with my parents and their friends. And so I kind of matured at a really young age. Um, I was kind of always a little bit entrepreneurial, even when I was young. Um, and this was Everything from making potholders. If anyone is from the 80s, you know what I mean. Um, I would make potholders and I would sell them to the neighbors for like, I don't know, 50 cents back then, which was a lot. Um, I would make jewelry and sell it to the neighbors. I mean, these poor neighbors saw me a lot. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, my. My my dad's a dentist. Um, he just passed uh, this last December, but my dad was a dentist and had his own business, his own practice. And um, my mom was she worked in accounting, not very exciting, but she was an accountant for a long time until she became a full time housewife. And um, she always had these parties. This is like a really good, vivid childhood memory of mine. She had these parties and. I actually see myself doing the same thing now, like with my friends. And Mm. I really loved being a part of that as a kid. Like she would make me clean the house and get the house ready for the party. And it was like Tupperware and jewelry. And there's this other stuff called home interiors, which is, I mean, now if you look back, it was hideous, but (laughs) it was all the rage in the eighties and nineties. And she sold those things and she you know, she profited from having the parties at her house and kind of like hostess style, um, which was really big in, in my generation or in her generation. And I think watching that kind of gave me a little more of an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, it's crazy not to get too sad, but like when my dad was like getting really sick, we had this conversation of, you know, him telling me that he was really proud 
And he asked me, where do you think you get your entrepreneurial spirit from? Because I was never like that. And I didn't want to tell him, but like, I got it from my mama, you know? Yeah. I love that. It sounds like your dad was entrepreneurial though, too, having his own business. Yeah. It was just different. You know, he was a doctor. So it's like, it's kind of like part of just, you know, you have your own practice. It wasn't like anything crazy, but, but yeah. That's amazing. Where did you grow up? Riverside. Oh, nice. Um, and what were your dreams for yourself? Like in high school, like what did you want to do when you graduated? Oh, gosh, I, I was all over the place. I was very into beauty. Okay. And that's kind of what started bronze bunny. Um, when I was 14, 15, I was the one that had all of my friends over at my house and I was doing everyone's makeup for prom and midwinter. Oh, wow. Um, Back then, we didn't have like we had the mat counter, but like no one went there um, <laughs> for whatever reason. They just it wasn't like how it is now. Yeah. Um, and you certainly like weren't going to any other makeup counter. So I was the makeup artist in high school, and I really enjoyed it. And I was actually really good at it. Like I was super good at it, and and I loved it. It was my passion. And so um, that kind of that was kind of like my high school experience. And I always thought to myself, like, well, I want to be a makeup artist. That's that's what I want to do. I, I knew I was creative. I knew that I loved it. And actually, I went to Nordstrom's with my dad shopping one night. And I was around 15, 16 years old. And Estee Lauder was having an event. And Estee Lauder back then was not cool. And I mean, it's still... I don't think it's still very cool. But anyways, um, like the old lady makeup line. But... They had this huge event and they had all these makeup artists. And I was so amazed. I thought it was the coolest thing. These people, like people sat down in their chair and I got to like see how they picked all the colors from the counter. And I was just amazed. And at that point, that was like it for me. I want to be a makeup artist and I want to work for Estee Lauder. And there was a lady there. Her name was, her name's Dee. Like I, I still remember it. And I talked to her and she was this little old lady. And I said, I have a dream of being a makeup artist. I'm 15, you know, and I was like, I really want to do this someday. How do I, how do I get started? And she wrote down her number on a card and handed it to me and my dad. And she said, call me when you're 17. And I said, okay. (laughs) And I kept it. I kept it and I called her and she hired me. And I was one of the youngest freelance makeup artists that Estee Lauder ever hired. Oh my God. When you were 17, you were a freelance makeup artist? 17 years old. I was still in high school. The stories were wild. Okay. We didn't have Google Maps. We did not have Google Maps. Okay. I was sent to work in Hollywood in all over LA mostly. I, I didn't really... I worked in South Bay. My dad got me a Thomas guide. <laughs> um, I don't okay. even know millennials, if anyone knows yeah. <laughs> what that is. Hello. Yeah, what is it? It was before Google Maps. I mean, okay. it was a joke. It was this book. It was this big. It was like this huge thing. And you have to, oh my God, I can't, I cannot. Did um, you have to read the map? Like read yes. how it goes? Oh my God. I mean, yes. that's a good skill to have. I couldn't do that today. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> so I was late all the time. I, when I was a hot mess. Um, but I was 17 and I was working. And what was cooler was that. At the end of my week, I would call in. I'm sure their systems changed because it's definitely um, easy to manipulate. Um, I would call into this like le- like landline and I would type in my hours. 
And then that would process my paycheck. And I was making thirteen fifty when I was a se- seventeen and a senior in high school. Dang, I was the cool girl at that point. Yeah. That was like kind of a big deal. Were you yeah. working and going to high school at the same time? Yes. Well, how are you doing both? Um, it was just on the weekends. Oh, okay, I see. That's yeah, it was on the weekends. And um, what was even better about that job? That was like kind of my first big job. Um, they gave me these this navy blue smock, and <laughs> I had to wear navy blue tights. I mean, I looked like I was seventy years old, and <laughs> navy blue flats. And when I went to school at the little like Estee Lauder Academy, they teach you how to do your a full face of makeup using disposable applicators. Oh whoa! Can yeah, coming. That? Impressive. I mean, no one should have to do that. <laughs> and I like was so into the art of makeup that I loved the brushes and I loved all that stuff. So that was kind of weird for me. But I mean, I could go on and on. But yeah, that was my my first beauty industry job. And it was cool. It taught me a lot. I mean, it taught me that I don't know how to drive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it taught me that I'm definitely not punctual. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was really fun. And and I and that led into my career as a makeup artist, and I was in the makeup industry for twelve years before I started Bronze oh. Bunny. Yeah, in Lauder the entire twelve years. Hell no, no. <laughs> I think I don't even remember getting fired. I think it just like I just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just so I was just so bad at that job in terms of like showing up on time and understanding the maps and like I, I it was bad. Um, but then I went on to work for, I was a makeup artist and a counter manager at Nordstrom's in South Coast Plaza. Um, I did that for about two and a half years. And from there I freelanced for, I had freelanced in like Hollywood and I did a lot of stuff in, in about a 10, eight year period, eight to 10 year period. Was the South Coast Plaza job what brought you to Orange County? Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So my parents split. And I ditched my dad and went with my mom because she was she was the fun one, you know. And oh. so I moved out to Orange County, and I was um, I mean, I was hot mess express at that time. I was fresh out of a pair my parents' divorce. I was like never been. I, I grew up very strict. Um, grew up Christian in the church. Hence the everyone always says like, Oh, you have so many tattoos. Like, what are they for? I'm like, Oh, it's just because I have daddy issues. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I moved out to Orange County. It was just like a whole new world for me. And I loved it. I loved all of it. How old were you when you moved? Uh, 18. Oh, wow. Wow. So all in a year. Yeah. I was almost 19. But yeah. Yeah. So 2010 is when you started Bronze Bunny or was it a little bit before that? 2011. 2011. Okay. I read that you started it out of your car. Is that true? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, um, I was getting spray tans at that time. Okay. So before bronze money actually started a company called pretty winks, it was so cute. My branding (laughs) was so cute. I've always been very brand oriented. Um, and it was, it was eyelash extensions and this is before eyelash extensions before anyone was doing it. I was so bad at it. Like I was, so bad. I mean, I can't tell you. They didn't even have good training. Now it's like a whole new world, you know. But yeah, I had no training. I mean, I I did like this two hour course with some girl that I, I mean, I couldn't even understand her. Like it was, she was moving so fast, and I was just like, 
And she's like, okay, now you're an eyelash extension artist. And I'm like, yay. And I <laughs> grabbed my little, my little makeup table or my uh, massage table and I drove to people's homes. And I did that for like probably, I don't know, six months. And then I realized that that just needed to go. <laughs> and so I thought, I thought, gosh, like what else could I do out of my car? <laughs> because yeah. I, at that point, like I was on my own. I didn't have help from either of my parents. Um, I just, I had to kind of make whatever I was doing happen. And I think that goes, goes into later in life and my drive and why I do what I do. Um, but at that time with, with bronze bunny, I was going and getting spray tans at this place called lavish tan. I think they're still around. It was in Venice mm. and it was like the best spray tan you've ever had. Yeah, Aside say, that's from, a far drive. It was a far drive and it was expensive. <laughs> like it was forty five dollars in two thousand and nine or whatever, which was a lot for a spray tan. And I would have to drive. I was like fifty five, excuse me, and I had to drive all the way up there. So I only did that for special occasions. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I did the Mystic Tan, which was at the Tanning Spa in Huntington, which I actually think is still there too. Um, oh. That was like the the worst of the worst, but that was all we had, right? No one was doing like custom airbrush tanning in Orange County, uh-huh. and so. I was always orange. I always stunk. Like it was, but that's just like kind of like how you looked, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 I blended in. I blend. <laughs> we've, we've all been there. We've all yeah. been there. Um, and so one day I was at Lavish Tan and I was getting ready for, I don't know, I was going to Vegas or something and I wanted to go get like the good tan. So I'm sitting in the waiting room and it, I mean, I just remember this moment. It was so clear. And they had this new receptionist working. I had never seen her before and they were training her. And it was some sort of like holiday weekend too. So it was busy. And it was this tiny studio. It was like two rooms. And there was a little receptionist. And she was kind of... We'll call her ditzy. Um, <laughs> and so the two... The owner and the other girl, they leave the room. So it's just me, the receptionist, and like eight other people waiting to get tanned. And I was like, Hey. Psst. Hey. How many people are you tanning today? Like how many people are on your books? Like I was just trying to get a number. I just needed to do the math. You know what I mean? If there was eight people in there during that 30 minute time frame, how many people did they see all day? And then I was calculating all those people. She said they had 150 appointments on the books. Yeah. Oh my God. So I did the math and I was like 55 bucks a pop. I had to do the math on my phone, of course, because I'm not good at math. (laughs) And I was like, I think I had a sidekick. I don't even remember. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. And literally that night I went home and I ordered a spray tan machine from whatever website we were we had access to then. And I taught myself how to spray tan. Dang. How'd you teach yourself? Just on friends? Oh yeah. And if anyone <laughs> is, was friends with me during that time, um, everyone knows about them being naked in my house and air drying <laughs> in my kitchen. And all of like the science, like the chemistry projects that I would do, mixing my own solutions. Like I would order all of these solutions and I would mix them myself. And it was my gun used to malfunction. It was like a really shitty gun because I didn't know what I was doing, but I taught myself and I practiced on my friends. And that was really how Bronze Bunny was born. Wow. And I did that. And very quickly, I couldn't drive around anymore. It was like house to house to house. I couldn't I couldn't make enough in the day because I was just driving and I thought, well, 
I need to open my own place. And so I did. And I opened my first little studio on 17th Street. Oh, so it was a different spot than what it was now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We went through two spots. So that originally was just tanning. Uh And I grew out of that in seven months. Um, And then we opened the first Bronze Bunny Spa. It was like sugaring and tanning. And so that was seven months after that first location. I closed that and I built the one over on Old Newport Boulevard. And now we have the one that's on Newport Boulevard. That's like our flagship store. Yeah. And you have so many other services. Like I have to ask about the Vajayshul. I remember it was like a big deal when it came out. But did you yes. come up with that? Of course. I mean, I didn't, I don't think I coined the name, but we, <laughs> we had our, like, we had our service and that was, I mean, you could get your hoo-ha bedazzled. Yeah. Like it was part of it. I mean, Valentine's Day, we were very popular. You <laughs> <I> love that. <laughs> yeah. And it was fun. Like little perks and stuff. Like when you come in, like champagne and stuff like that, you make it so comfortable for everybody. It's it's not a spa. I mean, it's an experience. It really is. Bronze Bunny is truly like very special, very one of a kind. My girls just, I mean, you're naked. You know what I mean? You're at your most vulnerable. And it doesn't help that I have like super hot girls working for me. (laughs) um, Because that... If you're an insecure woman or an insecure girl, having a hot girl standing in the same room with you butt naked can make yeah. you feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> but we're so the opposite. I hear yeah. nothing but good things about how people feel when they go in there. And it is a very scary thing. Um, it's very... I mean, you're very vulnerable. You know what I mean? That's just tanning. Let's not even talk about when your legs are spread. Right. You know, <laughs> That's another podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, do you do men as well? Or take men? Yes. That's amazing. Every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, speaking it of can men... Go, it goes south very fast. Let's just say that. But yeah. <laughs> oh, no. oh, God. Uh, I'm assuming that they have a much lower pain tolerance. Uh, yes, they're babies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of men, I wanted to ask about how you've uh, met Oscar, your husband business partner. So I am one of those girls that believes in soulmates and Oscar is truly my soulmate. We dated when I was 19 and he was 23. Um, He would drive out to Orange County and party with me. I was like a crazy party girl when I was 19. Basically for like my whole... I mean, probably for like 15 years of my life, I was a crazy party girl. And that's why I'm so boring now, I think. I'm like such a grandma. Um, so Oscar and I, we dated just for a little bit and then we ended up splitting up because I ended up moving to Northern California and he moved to Prague and I I know. Yeah. But in that short time of like six or seven months of us dating and just hanging out, I loved him so much. I didn't really know what true love meant or felt like, but I knew that I loved him. And I think because I had a little bit of daddy issues, there was something about Oscar he always made me feel really safe. Hmm. And like, I loved being in his arms. It was just, it's a feeling that it's really hard to put in words. And so fast forward 14 years. Wow. I was, yeah, I was actually married to somebody else. And he was in a long-term relationship with somebody, I think for about the same time, about seven or eight years. And he popped up on my Instagram. And I didn't even use Instagram at the time. I didn't know how it worked. And I didn't know that I had already followed him. And so he like popped up in my feed and he was on the peninsula. And I just remember thinking, Oh my God, like 
what are you doing? And I messaged him and he told me to come out and meet him. And at that point it was like, it was late. And I was kind of already in grandma mode at that time. And I was in another relationship and I was just like, ah, I don't feel like going out. And, um, but I couldn't stop thinking about him after we messaged. And during that time I was getting separated. And so it was just kind of weird how the universe works because during those 14 years where we were apart, I asked about him every year during the holidays because we're both from Riverside and when you're from Riverside, you go back home for the holidays and everyone sees each other at the bars, right? Yeah. And I would always ask about him. And I always thought about him. It, not in a way of like, oh, I'm married to somebody else and I'm thinking about my ex. But it was just... <laughs> it, he was always on my mind. He really was. And so um, luckily enough, I hadn't had kids with my ex. And he had never had kids. And he had never been married. And so one night we made... A, about a couple weeks later, after we connected on Instagram, we made plans to go meet um, out in Huntington. And he walked in the door and my heart dropped. It oh, was like amazing. this boy that I once knew turned into a man. And he gave me his hug, like this hug that I can't even describe. He hugged me and it was all over and we've been together ever since. God, I love that. That's yeah, like a it's movie. kind of a cool story. It it's really is. It feels story, yeah. like a movie. Oh my god! And we, so we love, like we love each other. We, you know, we obviously have kids together, and like, I can't, like, the, the universe is real. Like, watch what you ask. Watch what you ask, because it it usually will happen. Yeah. Do you guys have such an amazing like relationship? How do you foster and maintain being like parents, a couple, and business partners? Um, it's mostly through his patience. Um, <laughs> I am, I, he's like, I don't know. He's, it's crazy. He's such a, an amazing man and human. And I, I, I learn a lot from him to be honest. Like, I feel like if Oscar could teach a class to other men on how to be a good partner, like that could be his own business. Cause he's just so, he's just such a good dad. He's such a good husband. He is way better than me in all of those things. And so I'm, I got really, really lucky. Yeah. It's not all, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. I mean, I'm hard to deal with. I am very, very, very type A. Same. I, I'm a visionary founder. I, when I have my mindset on something or if I have a vision, if I don't execute it exactly how I imagined it, I my I kind of crumble. Whereas he is Mr. Easygoing. So the things that I see, it's almost like I see things through a different lens. And so, I mean, he appreciates that about me, but I, it's also kind of annoying to deal with. I get it. I'm not in denial. I mean, it could be worse. I could be like, I'm amazing. Like, what's right. the matter? But no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm hard to deal with. No, you're, it sounds like you're very <laughs> self-aware. I'm self-aware. Type A as well. It's so funny. Um, so how did you guys come up with the idea for Coffee Dose together? So let's see. In 2016, I franchised Bronze Bunny and I absolutely hated it. Like it was, it was the worst, is the worst thing I ever did. I learned a lot. So I can't say I regret it, to be honest. I learned a lot about myself, about my business, about my industry, and about being a leader as a whole. Um, I, I was so creatively drained after franchising because it took me from 
like I already created this amazing brand and this experience and I wanted to bring it to the world, right? I wanted to bring it to the masses and it was a very franchisable model. That all checked out. Um, I just wasn't prepared for dealing with other owners. Oh, So you sell your baby and now all of a sudden someone owns a piece of that. And if, if franchising worked out perfect, they would just follow what you've created and that's it. But they don't. Yeah. It, it doesn't always work like that. And so I got challenged a lot and I was just creatively drained. Um, that's really all there is to say about that. I mean, I could definitely go into detail, but it's, it's neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it did teach me a lot about myself. And through that, I was just kind of like... I think my mind was open to new opportunities because I was so... I was just, I just wanted to kind of just pivot a little bit and just take a break almost from Bronze Bunny mm-hmm. as it was functioning. You know, I had, I had people working and, and supporting the franchises and all of that. So, um, one night I was talking to my friend who owned the salon where we had coffee dose and the first coffee dose. So she, she was my friend and, uh, I found that location. Um, that that East 18th was in. I, I connected oh, yeah. her with my broker, and you know we were we were talking one night, and I was like, "God, you should do a hair salon and a coffee shop together. Like, how cool would that be?" And we kind of like talked about different scenarios and like how it would work. And I said, "You know, let me try to connect you to some other girls that I might that might be interested that have little coffee brands." Because at that time, I'm not going to do that. I didn't have coffee experience. I had Bronze Bunny. Like, I was just trying to help connect people, right? Mm-hmm. So I connected her with a couple people, but it just didn't work out. And so we were at the point where this coffee shop in a hair salon idea was just going to die right there if I didn't take the opportunity. And so Oscar and I were laying in bed one night and I was like, Oh my God, epiphany. Like, we should do this. There is a reason that this isn't working out for other people because it's meant for us. And that night, we just kind of looked at each other. And I mean, he looked at me like I was crazy, but um, <laughs> he usually he usually looks at me like that. So it was fine. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that next day, we just got up and it was like, okay, we're going to start a coffee brand. God, that's so inspiring. Like, I love, yeah. love that part of like your story, how you just kind of take on whatever dream you have. Do you ever like, I know I do for sure, but do you ever struggle with imposter syndrome? And if you do kind of, how do you combat that? You know, I, I think that that's a funny term. I get it, but I, I like love that. I I like love living in my head of like, I feel like I can truly do anything if I put my mind to it. And Mm -hmm. as long as you keep on that level, it's, you, you can truly accomplish anything, no matter what it is. Even if it seems like the most crazy idea, I feel like if you believe in yourself and, you're, and you believe that you're that person, you really are. And I never once doubted any of the things that we've done, like any of the decisions I've made, any of the doors that I've went through. I've always just honestly just said YOLO because <laughs> how are you going to know what's going to work or not if you don't take the risk, you know? Yeah. God, that's amazing. I love that so much. Um, So I love that first location so much because it just seemed... Yeah, it seemed genius to me. I was like, you already have the clients coming in to the hair salon. And I remember the lines were like, always out the door. 
Yeah. And that was my math to, to be honest and, and going back, like I wasn't good at math, you know? And so when we first thought about what this business model was going to look like, and of course I was just uh, so excited to start a new brand. Like I didn't care. I didn't care about any of the other logistics. <laughs> I was like, create a new brand. Yes. Yes. This is so exciting. Like I was, the fire was ignited again, you know? Yeah. And so logistics wise, I had to think about, okay, well, how is this going to make sense for us? Honestly, it, because I had Bronze Bunny and that supported us. Um, and Oscar had his own thing too. He had his own uh, shaved ice shop. It was a family business. And so we didn't really need to do anything else. But at that time, I just... I didn't really care like what the numbers look like. But in my mind, I was like, okay, if there's eight salon chairs and each of those people get a coffee and treat and they turn the chair three times, that could pay some bills, you know? And yeah. it would it would give us the outlet to create something together. And that was really that was my main drive for doing coffee dose was just to do something with Oscar that was both of us that we could both put our hands in um, and do something together as a couple and and get our kids involved and like both both Carmen first was on the menu and then Cortez now has his own drink on the menu. But we just wanted to make it really special to us. Um, and of course, those numbers changed very quickly the day we opened our doors because we weren't selling to the salon customers. That was <laughs> that was secondary. We created a brand that people drove from all over for. And that to me was wild. That was a wild thing to see. Where were they driving from? Like some of the farther places? I mean, we Inland Empire. Oh my gosh. LA. Yeah. People came to San Diego. Because remember, even though it's only been 5 years... Five years ago in Costa Mesa, the coffee scene was totally different. Yeah. There was nothing. You had Keen, right? <laughs> yeah. Which was, I mean, that's a totally different clientele. Um, Common Room, who helped us get started, which was awesome. They were so great. You know, they were on the West Side, they had their own thing. But as far as like our little area, there was nothing. And so it was very easy for us to kind of take that market share. And we did something that was just so different that even if you had... I mean, now we've, we've still been able to, to just kill it in, in our area because we are, we're different. We're not, we're not like the third wave coffee shops that are opening. And, and no offense to them, you know, but a lot of these shops that open, they just all look the same. Mm -hmm. They all have white counters. They all have white machines. Like Everything is just very clean and like just that <laughs> you know yeah. there wasn't like just wasn't a lot of excitement for me personally and i think too for coffee dose what i really wanted to accomplish was i wanted to get the starbucks customer which is like kind of like us like the female yeah. that maybe didn't know a lot about coffee or they they kind of know that they like sweet stuff and and Starbucks kind of ruined that customer. I wanted to take that customer and I wanted to show them what good coffee tasted like and also give them this experience that you couldn't get anywhere else. And I think we did that really well. And I think that that's what made us so successful um, from the beginning was that we gave you a third wave coffee, like a cup of coffee. It was, you know, we, we bought the best beans, we had the best machines. Um, but you didn't have to feel bad about asking for vanilla. You didn't have yeah. to have someone, you know, a snotty barista behind the counter, like 
put their nose up at you because you wanted anything other than a cappuccino. Like that's what we had five years ago, six years ago. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it just wasn't a good experience as a female, you know? Totally. Yeah, totally. And I love like how colorful the restaurant style coffee dose is. How did you come up with like that entire vision for to do a restaurant? Oh my God. Um I dreamt about that place from the second we we opened Coffee Dose, the hair, the little shop in the hair salon. Because I had big dreams for Coffee Dose, even though I didn't know what I was doing. I knew that I could figure it out. And I was just so excited to build the brand because I knew one day it would grow into a space that it deserved. And that flagship location, that was like... I dreamt about that. Wow. I like dreamt about it. It gives me goosebumps. Like I imagined that for us from the very beginning. And so when we finally were able to like get the money saved and like do the damn thing, I hired um, the most amazing interior designer. She does cafes all over Orange County in LA. She was part of the Lido project where they redid Lido. Um, Her name's Amanda from Common Standard. And so we teamed up together and we both collaboratively... (laughs) Collaborate... Collabed <laughs> yeah, yeah. on. Um, sorry, I have fresh Botox in my lips. It's super <laughs> hard for me to talk. Had some technical difficulties. We are back. <laughs> so you were telling us about Amanda and the interior yeah. design that you did. Yes. So we collabed together, and um, she is just. She has an eye that I can't even describe. Like I thought I was crazy. And then I started working with her. And by the way, I'll never do another project without her. She is, she is honestly coffee dose, like in her blood. Um, she just did my house with us too, which is so fun. But um, everything that I had this, like my whole vision for coffee dose, she said yes to. And then she said, but what about we also do this, this, and that? So it was like the idea was planned to do everything checkers and I was going to do the floor checkers. And she's like, let's take the checkers on the wall. And I was like, okay. And I was like, oh, we should do pink chandeliers. And she's like, we should do custom pink chandeliers out of lucite rods. Like just like all this crazy stuff. And again, at the end of the day, this is a coffee shop kind of, I I call it the diner experience. But um, when you walk into that place, whether you're attention to detail or not, you feel it. And you feel the like the blood, sweat, and tears that went into that place. Yeah. And I actually had like a very surreal moment um, on one of our opening days because I was there working, obviously, behind the bar because I had to because I'm crazy. <laughs> and um, this this song came on. It was like a polo and pawn like clubby kind of song, and I actually had. It wasn't like a dream. It was like you know when you kind of like daydream a little bit. Yeah. And I had a dream, like it was, it was, I felt that I already lived that moment with that song. And like, we had a line to the bathroom. There were people everywhere. There were people taking pictures and this song came on. And I had just this moment of like, holy shit, this is exactly where we're supposed to be. Like, this is exactly what we were supposed to do. We were supposed to say yes to that opportunity in that hair salon. We were supposed to have a falling out with that hair salon owner. We were supposed to grow out of there and become this new thing that people were going to be fascinated with. And that was like... That day that we opened that shop was just... I can't even describe. Like It was just... It was awesome. And the food's so good too. It's not like... It's like so much more than just coffee and everything. 
Yes. And that actually, by the way, so I had to make sure that the food was amazing. I hired a chef. Like I, I did it legit because this kind of can sound bad, but I'm just going to say it because it's the truth. People hate us in the coffee industry. We are, the, we are so disrespected in the coffee industry. Yes, I know. I know. And that's okay. That's okay. Because you know what? If there's haters, that means we're doing something right. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. You can hate me all you want. Because we're... Everyone thinks that we're just for the aesthetic. And we're not. And when I did the menu and I worked with a barista, you know, that our head barista and I worked with our head chef, I knew that we had to go above and beyond because people automatically, because of word on the street, people automatically came in with this kind of like, not everyone, but some of the people that wanted to see us fail came in with this like chip on their shoulder. Like, this isn't going to be good. Get, get your picture and go. Basically. Yeah. Uh. And I was like, no, I'm not letting that happen. I'm not going down like that. Fuck that. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. So yeah. um, I put I put fuck mornings on the plate. Yes. I put I, we started the hangover club. Like I made it a whole, a whole vibe. It wasn't just coming to have a great breakfast burrito. You were immersed in this, in this, this place. And it's almost like a special gift to your friends, right? If you take a friend to coffee dose for their first time, you are, you're the it girl. Like it's, I've done it. I've done yeah. it. It's such an yeah. experience. Like they get so excited. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it, like the only other, I hope this isn't like, I hope you take this. It's a compliment. The only other time I've felt so immersed and like in something like that is Disneyland. Like that, that was the only other thing I could compare it to is like every single detail was so perfect. Like your, yeah, like your plates, every little thing in there was amazing. Yeah. And even down to what the girls are wearing. It's yeah. just you're completely immersed in it. Thank you. And, and in the beginning, I had this vision of like having old, like oldies playing the whole time. So like these diner oldies. Yeah. And we did that for a long time. And then everyone hated it. They were like, felt like they were going crazy. And so now we let them pick their playlist. But it was all part of like my vision. Um, but some things we had to kind of, you know, we had to give. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Um, but one of my favorite things that I have to mention, every time I go in there, it, the little, like the Yelp reviews, one of them says, I wrote it down, uh, despicable people, rename your place, coffee douche. And I feel like I'm on it, like part of an inside joke or something, like laughing at these By who? comments. By who? Who wrote that? Yeah. Did you write that? Or is that a real comment? No. A woman named Karen wrote it. And that is a real thing. No, no. Not people think that that is a fake review or that it wasn't written by somebody named Karen. You couldn't, <laughs> you cannot make this shit up. You cannot like, and you heard about the, the viral Karen video, right? No. COVID. Oh girl. <laughs> Google that because that was epic. And that really like that boosted coffee dose a lot during COVID. Like oh, when yeah, that, I love it. that was like, people still talk about that. Or like, what was the video? What was it? It oh. was, there was a Karen support group on Facebook and they got a hold. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is when everyone was bored during COVID and had nothing <laughs> better to do than to hate on other people. Um, because we had that sign out in front of the shop that said, no, you can't talk to the manager. Yeah. Um, I think it said, no, Karen, you can't talk to the manager. And we had anti-Karen serum. Do you remember? <laughs> I mean, there's some really good vintage cups. Um, so this Karen support group took to Google and Yelp. And these Karens were all over the world. This is real. What? This all is over real. the world? And they're all over the world. And all of a sudden, this thing went viral that we were 
hating on Karens. And so they started one star reviewing us from all over the world. We had like 3000 one and five star reviews because one stars were happening from the Karens. Five stars were happening from the people that know us that saw it happening. So we had like, we have three, everything got shut down. They flagged us. It was like this whole thing. And so at that point we were like, Oh my gosh, we need, like, we have to make fun of this. And so we made a video and that's what went viral. And it is so good. I expect. Oh my God, I don't know how I missed that. That sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's that? insane. Three thousand. Yeah, <laughs> you're like thanks because <laughs> I it's so I, good for an event. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but okay, and then also now you have microdose, which is your drive-through coffee shop. <sighs> I am obsessed. Like every time I go there, I get such a boost of confidence from the girls you have working. They're like slay queen, hey, queen. And like. Yes, yes. And they're like, you have such a beautiful smile and like all this stuff. They're so cute. Like, do you do you train them to do that? Yes. Wow. Yes, we really do, especially for that look. I was like, give me Chick-fil-A, but like on crack. Like, I want Chick-fil-A vibes on crack in like a girly way, you know? Yeah. And we buy them like the cowboy hats and the and the glasses, and like it's it really is. We have one of our girls, her name's Danny. She is, and everyone knows, if you go to Microdose, you know Danny. She's like, this girl drinks so many energy drinks. And like, normally you would maybe step in and, you know, try to intervene of the energy drink consumption, but that's just what keeps her going. It's so funny to watch her. <laughs> I, lo- I probably met her before. Um, she's, yeah, she's so complimentary. It's, it, and at five in the morning, it's like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. Every time it's like after my workouts too. And I'm like, oh, I love this place. Um, so what's next for you? And also is, wait, really quick. Is the screen frozen for you? It is, but you look so pretty. Okay. Next to you. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So what's next for you? Um, I want to grow microdose. Um, I want to have microdoses everywhere. Um, and then I want to have the coffee dose flagship, like the diner experience in all major markets. And I want to put microdose surrounding those um, flagship stores. Yeah. So would it be like a diner slash drive through situation? So I want to have the diners in all major markets. And then I want to put the drive throughs in the cities around them. Got it. Okay. Very cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, before I let you go, I have three final questions for you that we call the thoughtful three. Um, we ask everybody these questions to kind of reflect on the journey that brought you here today. So question one, what would you tell your younger self knowing what you know now? Oh gosh, do it and don't overthink it. Yeah, that's... I love what you said about imposter syndrome too. That's going to stick with me forever. Um, And that as well. (laughs) And then what skills have you developed from the challenges that you've had to overcome? Um, Anger management. (laughs) (laughs) We're working on that one. (laughs) I love it so much. Uh, And then lastly, what strategies do you think have helped you accomplish your goals? Like if you had advice for people who want to accomplish all these dreams that like you have, um, what strategies do you think helped? Delegate. Oh, because, okay. um, I think once you realize that you can do a lot of things, but you can't do it all, um, yeah. you have to build a team that helps fill in those gaps where you fall short. Like I'm, I'm a, um, yeah, I'm a, vis- a visionary, um, entrepreneur. Like I'm a visionary founder that that's all great, but guess what? I'm not, I'm not good at everything. And I'm not going to pretend that I am, 
but I am really good at building teams and I'm really good at delegating. And I think that that's really, truly what can make you as successful as possible. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I had such a great time talking with you and learning about your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm sure I'll see you at Coffee Dose very soon. <laughs> Better. Yes. I'll probably be working there. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon then. Okay. Thank you. Of course. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Zest from Orange Coast Magazine. We'll see you back here next time. 